So I want to talk a little bit about tonight, maybe something related to what was going on, to talk about this issue, but in Hebrew it's called Machshavad Zarot, which means foreign thoughts. And what this really means is when you're trying to concentrate on something and you're trying to think about something or trying to pray or trying to study, as you're trying to focus on what you're trying to achieve, other thoughts come in. So what do we do when these thoughts show up? Now, we all know that this is... um, this is the nature of the way we think, is that even though we're going to give ourselves, we'll say that for the next five minutes we're going to be focused on one particular thing, we see that within 30 seconds and many other thoughts start coming in about what you have for lunch or what you're going to have for dinner. Many different things come in. So how do we gain some control over the thoughts and what are we supposed to do with thoughts that come in? So we'll start off, we'll talk about a little bit how this relates to prayer. And from understanding it, how it relates to prayer, we can understand also how this relates to all issues in life. When we're trying to gain clarity, which we all want, even if you're trying to ponder something, think about something, and you want your mind to be focused on one particular thing for a longer extended period, how do you make sure that all the noise is blocked out and you're able to concentrate? In the, uh, in the Talmud, when it talks about prayer... It says that a person should not begin prayer only when you're experiencing COVID rush. COVID rush literally means heaviness of the head, but this actually means seriousness, that you're very serious. But the word COVID also has a root word letters that spell, that create the word for cleaning the mind. When your, your mind is cleansed, that you sweep away all the negative things, all the thoughts that are intruding. And when you're going to pray, you have to pray in a way that your mind is settled, which we talked about many times. The, the, the other example that the Talmud uses is the word sha'im sha'achas, that they would settle their minds one hour in prayer, which Maimonides says, which is that they would settle the mind. We talked about this idea of settling the mind. But this is the idea of emptying your mind, cleaning your mind, having your mind open that you can concentrate on what you want to achieve. Now, of course, we know that the nature is that these intruding thoughts come in. Um, the way these thoughts are called, they're called machshavazars, which is external thoughts. But the truth is, like the Katsuka Rebbe once said, that these are not really foreign thoughts. Your other thoughts are really foreign. These are actually the thoughts that really are important to you. So, for example, if I say that for the next 10 minutes, think about something in prayer, that could be foreign to you, and the other stuff that you really want to think about, that's not foreign. So, besides that it's, you know, the lightness of that statement, and it's kind of funny, but the truth is that there's something very deep about this, because we'll see soon that some of the methods used to really discover yourself and for example, using just the metaphor of prayer, prayer in Hebrew is called tefillah. And the root word of tefillah is palel, which means to judge. And palel, to pray, in Hebrew can mean to self-judge. 
how do you self-judge while you're praying? And this is precisely that could occur because you are going to notice your thoughts. Most of the day you're occupied doing certain things and you're pretty much occupied. You don't have time to, to quiet down. So whatever you're doing, that's what you're thinking about. But in prayer, there'll be a, mo- a few moments that you're able to just settle. And when you're going to settle, there are going to be other thoughts coming in. And by noticing what are these thoughts, you're actually going to start noticing what are the things that are really troubling you and bothering you at this present moment. Because the thoughts that enter by force are really the things that you're really connected to at this particular time. If you're trying to concentrate on one thing and your mind keeps on wandering into another thing, the reason why your mind keeps on wandering to that thing is because there's probably something that you have to deal with that's related to that thought. So we're going to see soon there's going to be a fine way how to deal with that in terms of these uh, thoughts. Now, in, in classic Shulchan Aruch, in the classic Jewish law, it says that a person is trying to pray and another thought, some foreign thought enters their mind. What they should do is just wait until the thought leaves them and then they should move on. Which basically means that a person's a little bit in control of, a person has some level of control of thoughts. And we choose thoughts um, according to according to the the um, the according to the need, according to what we think is most needed, that's the way we're going to choose our thoughts. So if a person, let's say in a, in a case of an emergency, let's say for example, and you're completely focused on the situation, you're not going to have other thoughts. But when you're doing something that's not let's necessarily an emergency situation and you feel like you're just doing something and your mind is settled, your mind may wander around to different ideas. So the more concentrated, the more urgency of the issue, the more you're going to feel the need to to be focused. So really, on a deep level, we can say that the control of your thoughts, whether you're thinking one thought or thinking the other thought, is really in your control. It's up to you whether you're going to choose to allow this thought to happen or not this thought to happen, because it depends how urgent what you're thinking about is. If it's something that's very urgent, and we all know things that are urgent in our life, we're not going to have... You're not going to be thinking... um, for example, at the moment that you're, that you're getting married under your chuppah and you're completely dedicated to the person that you want to marry under the chuppah and you're, you're, you're wildly in love, you're not going to start thinking about what you, what you had for lunch yesterday. You're just really going to be focused because this is the thing that's very urgent to you. So this is about concentration. There's a sweet little story that someone once came to the Maggid of Mezrich, who was a student of the Baal Shem Tov, and came to him and said, he asked him, what should I do with my thoughts that come in, the intruding thoughts? What should I do with them? So he says, I suggest that you go visit one of my disciples, Varun of Karlin. So he says, okay, where's Varun of Karlin lives? He says, he lives in Karlin. It's like a city, you know, 100 miles away. So he travels there, he finally gets to Karlin. It's the middle of the night. And he sees that all the, all the lights, most of the homes are closed, but in Varun's house, the lights are open, so he figures he's up, he knocks on the door, and he says, Aaron, I'm here, I'm your friend, I want to speak to you. Our teacher sent me to ask you a question, and there's no answer. But he sees movement in the house, he sees that Aaron is walking around, but he's not answering the door, so he knocks and knocks and knocks, and he's not answering, and finally Aaron answers the door. And he says, I don't understand, why didn't you answer the door in the beginning? I just knocked already for a half hour, it's cold outside. He says, I'm teaching you a lesson, and the lesson is that even though there's a knock, you don't have to let someone in, which basically means... The idea of what his thoughts were if here, just because it's a knock of a thought, and the thought wants to enter, we have some control to make sure the thought doesn't enter. 
But let's say it does enter, and you are thinking this particular thought, and you're trying to focus on one thing, and your mind wanders into another thing. So I'm going to give you some of the basic Kabbalistic understanding of what to do with this thought, and I won't understand it much on a, on a deeper level. These are some of the suggestions that were offered throughout the years. So there's one suggestion that the Shalal Kaddish writes, a great Kabbalist, the 1600s, he writes like this, that when a person is praying and trying to focus and another thought enters their mind, what they should do is they should recite a small verse in Psalms. In Hebrew, it's Leif Tahar Barale Lakim Chadish which translated is a pure heart you should install on me and you should and a proper spirit you should renew within me. It's in chapter 51 in Psalms. And he says, what you do is you take your hand and you physically move it over your head three times. Move it across your forehead. So you go, you can say it in Hebrew or in English. You do it three times. Once, twice, three times. And the physical movement and repetition of this, this verse, he says, will clear your mind. And this is what he says... Um, we're going to understand a little bit how this works. This Ramak, I'm sure everyone heard of it, Cardevera writes that he heard from, he said he heard it from an old man. The old man apparently is the prophet, Elijah the prophet. He says that a person should, if they're, you're trying to concentrate on one thing and other thoughts are entering your mind, do the same thing with your hand. But he says not three times. Continuously do the, ha- the hand movement over across your forehead and repeat a verse in the Torah which says, that an internal flame should rest upon the altar and it should not be extinguished. And keep on repeating it until the thought leaves you. In the Code of Jewish Law, it's mentioned that you should say fee, 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 three times, each time you move your hand across your forehead and you slightly spit. Okay, now this is a very interesting thing. What is exactly the movement of the hand and repetition of this verse? Let's try to understand this a little bit and move on to the other techniques. The simple idea of that is that first let's talk about the, the idea of repetition. The repetition of sound, this is also this can only occur before you're praying, because if you can you're not interrupting your prayers. Or let's say if you're trying to even to meditate or you're trying to do something, trying to focus and your mind constantly wanders. What you're doing is when you create a continuous sound which some people will call a mantra. But if you repeat something over and over again, what basically happens is that your mind automatically focuses on that sound and the repetition of the sound, besides the magic in the words, besides that the words themselves have power, it's just the idea of the repetition of sound creates this monotone and your mind slowly focuses on the sound. Once your mind is focused on the sound, it's no longer focused on the other thought and now you can go back to what you want to think about. So just a repetition of sound, and if you're going to want to use something like a sacred sound, so you use a verse in the Torah, you repeat it over and over again. According to the Ramak, according to Kadavera, you do this over and over 10, 20, 30 times, it's all it takes, it's all it takes. You repeat it over and over again, and you recite it loudly in voice. That's going to focus your attention on this particular verse, and therefore your mind is going to stop wandering, and you're focused, and therefore you can move forward. There's also something about physically 
moving your hand over your forehead. Now, there's a lot of other teachings, like Rapinchas of Karats, others speak about that the actual physical movement, if you're distracted and you're not focused, and you want to be focused, you're trying to focus on one thing, and you have a lot of distraction, it suggests you physically move. Just If you're physically sitting in one place and you're trying to focus and you're focusing, but your mind keeps on wandering, turn your, turn your body. The, the actual physical movement shifts your consciousness because our consciousness also follows the body. And the movement of the body has an effect on our, on our concentration, on our focus. So the, literally, the literal movement of the body, this is also part of the reason why when people pray they actually shake, is that the movement of the body can break away the lack of focus that you're having and allow you to remain more focused. So the physical movement of the body or the, or the, moving, the movement of, the, of, the forehead, of your hand over the forehead, the symbolic movement of erasing the thought, that in itself allows you to, more, to remain more concentrated. Okay, so that's the physical action and the repetition of a particular verse. This will allow you to gain focus. There are other Hasidic masters, like Ramnach and Rebrezel, that talk about clapping your hands. That if a person is trying to focus, but they're constantly, they're not focused, and they find themselves wondering, and their minds are wondering, what you do is literally clap your hands. And that idea, he speaks about it on a spiritual level, the clapping of the hands creates a spiritual space and the space becomes like your like the, becomes like the atmosphere of Israel and the clear mind and therefore you're in that clear space you can think clear thoughts but there's also the physical action of clapping your hand and you'll notice you don't have to do this now but if you'll notice that if you're trying to concentrate and your mind is wandering the physical action of a clap of the hand automatically makes your attention focused towards the clap therefore that focuses you and now you can continuously continue on to focus what you wish to focus about. So again, these are physical activities. Either you're repeating something over and over again, you're moving your hand over your head, you're physically shifting your body or clapping your hand. These are actually practices to disengage from the unfocusedness that you're having and to allow you to become more focused on what you're doing. So though it talks about in practices like prayer, this can be with any any specific task that you want to do if you're trying to concentrate on something. And you have trouble because other thoughts are entering your mind, and you can't concentrate because other things are bothering you. And but this is something that you have to be doing at this time, and you have to really concentrate on these things that you're doing. So you can use these techniques of repetition of a sound, or a clap, or a movement, or shifting your body in order to gain focus, and you become more focused on this particular thing. There's more spiritual practices which are more related to prayer which in Melech HaLusensk and others speak about where a person can meditate on the, the four letters of the name of Hashem, the Yud Kei Vav Kei, the Yud Hei Vav Hei, and to, to imagine those letters in front of your eyes, that helps to eradicate uh, negative thoughts. The Taldas, the student of the Baal Shem talks about imagining yourself standing in front of the throne of glory, and the, the, the majesticness, the, the majesty of that should sort of break away negative thoughts. A more practical ideas also with using sound, which is to sing a song. The same idea that if you're trying to concentrate if you're trying to concentrate on a particular thing and there's other th- other noises going on, sometimes by actually singing a song, which is the same idea, it's a repetitive sound, 
And instead of just a chant that you're saying over a word over and over again, but you're actually reciting a particular song, that also allowed to cut away all negative thoughts. This is a very old teaching. It comes uh, one of the te- one of the sources of these teachings comes from Yosef Gigatalia, which is a student of Abalafia, which he writes that the word zimra, which is the word for song, comes from the root word which is zemer to cut off. That the idea of a song cuts off. What does it cut off? It cuts off all negative thoughts. So if you're trying to focus and you can't get focused because your mind is wandering, you sing a song and you're, you're able to focus and intentionally be more grounded on what you're thinking about. Okay, so these are just some of the techniques. Of course, there are more, but this is some of the techniques. What we want to talk about a little bit on a deeper level is going back to the original idea, which is that when you're trying to concentrate on something and other thoughts come in, if we're using prayer as, a, as an idea of self-judgment, but anything that you're doing can be a, th- a process of self-judgment, the thoughts that you're having will allow you to get a glimpse into what's going on really within your life at this present moment. Okay, so let's say you are trying to think about something, trying to concentrate on something, trying to focus on something, and all of a sudden um, it comes into your mind that this person hurt you. I don't mean physically, but you know, mentally hurt you, and you're feeling anger towards that person. Okay, so what do you do? What can you do? Now, of course, on a simple level, what this is telling you, you have to deal with your anger issues. That there's some issue and there's anger, and you never resolved it. You thought it was, you thought it was resolved. You thought the issue is no longer, and you thought everything's fine. But obviously, as you're trying to focus, this thought keeps on coming into your mind of this person, and you're angry against the other person. So obviously, that something is bothering you. So you have to deal with that. But that's on a simple level. But if you want to go a little bit deeper into that, if you're starting 